Welcome to the Student Sessions with Tonya Galati, brought to you by Grey Hair Media. In this series, Tonya is joined by role models who share their lived experiences in frank and honest conversations. We all need to be inspired, and understanding how those we look up to have been inspired themselves is an important journey of discovery. Come with us for a frank, unedited conversation with amazing people. Today, Tonya is talking to George Imafidon, who is a social entrepreneur and engineer with Sir Lewis Hamilton's racing team, X44, and a board member at the Hamilton Commission Improving Diversity in STEM and Motorsport. As a first-class engineering graduate, George is passionate about building products that improve lives and communities. In 2015, George co-founded Motivez, the UK's first mobile app connecting thousands of young people aged 16 to 25 to free personalised opportunities on a weekly basis. Motivez is an award-winning venture commended by Her Majesty the Queen and comprised of an experienced team of young professionals who work closely with corporates and local government to run career development programmes to support underrepresented talent with securing competitive placements in STEM and beyond. As a diversity champion, George leads the hashtag AB1Million campaign, raising £1 million for Amos Bursary to ensure talented men of African and Caribbean descent have the opportunity to excel in education and beyond. Over to you, Tonya. Hi, and welcome to the student sessions with me, Tonya. Today I'm joined by George Imafidon. Hi, George. Lovely to be here, Tonya. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, it's going really good. Super busy week, um, but enjoying it. Enjoying it. Good, good. We'll hear more a little bit later about uh, what's keeping you so busy. But tell us where you're dialing in from, George. So today I am dialing in from London. Um, Yeah. From London. Um, You've just spoken about some of the exotic places that your uh, role takes you to, which you can tell us a bit about later and make me jealous. Um, (laughs) So let's start off, George. This series of the student sessions is all about um, role models. So let's start off. Can you tell us a little bit about who your role models were when you were younger? Yeah, it's a good question. So in terms of my role models, um, I wouldn't say I had a particular one. It's just a community. Um, So I tend to think of the African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, So I've had countless people um, kind of take me under their wing to really just learn the game from them um, and, you know, how to get to the tables and and not just be on the menu, as my brother likes to say. Um, so I guess probably one of my first mentors was definitely Kenny. Um, Kenny Mafedon, he's my brother. Um, he taught me a lot of the good and, and the bad that I initially saw kind of growing up and, you know, just seeing what he went through and his experiences just allowed me to, I guess, future-proof myself. Uh, I would say probably the second most influential person, um, and I'm not including my parents or anyone like that, um, (laughs) is my engineering teacher. Um, Mostly because he just helped me to hone my skill set for creating and realizing that I didn't just have to be a consumer and I could could make things just like everyone else. Um, And when I grew up fixing bikes in my community, uh, it was the closest transition in terms of engineering to building anything. Um, I would say the third kind of community for me was the Amos Bursary community. That's probably where I I got tens of role models. um, And these were all leaders of African and, you know, African Caribbean heritage. um, And they, yeah, just showed me, I would say, 
normalize success is what they did. Um, so they showed me the importance of giving back, becoming a well-rounded leader, um, to lead with empathy, as opposed to like winning at all costs. Um, and I think all of these combined, Kenny, my engineering teacher and Amos Bursary, really helped to shape me and how I see um, the world in general. So just on that, Kenny was on episode 23 of the student sessions. Did he, did he inspire 23. you? 23 is actually my birthday. That's ironic. It is ironic. Did you listen to his podcast? I haven't listened to it. I haven't had the chance to listen to it. Oh, we I won't tell him that, though. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us, George, a little bit about life um, growing up and kind of what that was like for you. Yeah, sure. So for me, growing up, I grew up in Peckham, southeast London. So you may have heard it from Kenny's story already. Um, and as I was growing up, it was very similar to his and in, in that I was surrounded by alcohol abuse, drug abuse, people with idle time doing things that they probably otherwise shouldn't be doing. Um, it's all we kind of knew at the time that was kind of our environment. Um, and I was keen to not be a product of my environment as much as possible mm. and really to take control and make sure the pen was in my hand. So at the time, I was really fascinated by bikes. That was what kind of got me going. Uh, so if anyone had a bike or a motorbike, I was just super keen on just how it was moving for me. Um, and then a lot of people used to let their bikes rust in their gardens. So I used it as an opportunity to essentially go to my mom, ask her for some money um, and fix other people's bikes free of charge. And that's literally how it started for me. Then I started to realize I can't just use my mom's money all the time. Um, so I eventually started to turn that into a side hustle. Um, and then as I was doing that, I also started go-karting and I had a membership before it closed down. Uh, and I said, hey, if I can't necessarily drive the car because it was relatively expensive to upkeep um, and to have your own, I said that I'll be on the other side and I'll help build it. And that's essentially what led to my, I guess, career now in engineering. Um, but I've had to overcome so much obstacles, uh, you know, to get there, whoever that be my brother going to prison when I was around 13, 14 uh, and having, but I just used all of these things as fuel, mm. I think, along the journey um, to basically say that I, I need to make it. Um, and, and now my brother was acquitted from that and has gone on to do everything. It just gives me more fuel that more people in the community uh, need to see these stories to believe that they can do it too. Mm. And you're very similar to Kenny, actually, because Kenny also spoke about actually how he'd used his experiences and kind of what happened to him. You know, he wants to use them for positive and to kind of help others. Um, how was it kind of being um, young and kind of seeing your brother having to go through that? I mean, how because your story could have also been very similar to Kenny's, but actually it wasn't. It was quite different. Exactly. Why do you think that was? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say favor luck um <laughs> really because you know he was on the joint enterprise case i think i could have been in that same position very easily as well um so i don't think there's any there's not much that i did uh, myself to be honest it was just wrong place wrong time and i had very similar we all grew up around similar people so it's very difficult to say if i'm being honest um mm. yeah I could have been in the exact same position. 
How did you feel seeing Kenny go through that? So I would I would go to see him in prison almost every every weekend, mm. every Saturday, um, and yeah, it was just it was it was definitely emotional a lot of times, you know, going in and then leaving. Um, but I I just had to take it in in the way to say that hey mum. My mom didn't come here um, from Nigeria and kind of, you know, migrate here for no reason. And there's, I need to, I need to kind of make something happen now because it was only me and him in the UK. Uh, so yeah, the pressure was now on me to mm. perform. Uh, so that's when, if I wasn't interested in GCSEs before, I got interested in GCSEs. Right. Um, and I just focused heavily on how can I do the my best um, to get a scholarship, a full tuition scholarship. And that was my target. Uh, and I was just relentless in, in trying to meet that target. Uh, if anything, it helped me to stay focused. Because mm. maybe I didn't have any reason to, you know, I mean, really push before and, and now I did. So if anything, it was a blessing for me, which seems weird, um, but it allowed me to focus. So some of our listeners, George, may uh, be able to relate to what you said there around kind of uh, the environment that you were raised in and kind of the, um, you know, the the not so positive influences that could have guided your decisions and kind of where you went. What would you say to some of our listeners who may feel really unsure about kind of their direction and kind of their purpose in the midst of being in potential negative situation? That's a great question. I would say... I was very lucky in the sense that at the time I started to join communities that that showed me a different way of life or different value systems um, that I could start to embody. Um, so one of the kind of groups I, I joined was my local church. Um, so it's just finding communities that you know want you to win in some way or another and they can hopefully give you the tools and resources to make that happen um the first place i found was kind of my church in order to do that um because you need to find a way to come out of that environment that you're in 24 7 um and see another way of life and for me it was just being able to do that on a sunday alone was great because as soon as I was immersed in that, it really helped shape my value system and showed me the importance of giving back. So sometimes when you're going through all of those hardships, I found out that you can actually serve your way out of it Mm. Um, in the sense that when you become charitable, you you stop thinking about yourself and all the struggles that you're going through because you realize that someone else has it a little bit harder than you do. Um, and if you focus on serving them, whether it's through, you know, tutoring, you know, tutoring them, um, you know, volunteering for a charity, whatever it may be, all of these things just give you another perspective uh, so that you can just focus on, on the things that you need to focus on. Um, so I would say, finding a way to serve actually other people um, in that time to take your mind off all of the realities of your life that are are completely true, but they're not going to change straight away. It's going to take some time. I still live in the same house within Peckham. You know what I mean? That hasn't changed. When I was studying for my GCSEs, I was doing it with no bedroom, sleeping on a couch. You see what I mean? And mm. I'm still in that same house. So there's some things that won't necessarily change, but I still manage to get, for the most part, 
nine A's and A stars. Um, so it's still possible, but I've had to continue to weather that storm. And I think serving others, you know, whether that was through my organization motives or, um, you know, charities has kind of helped to keep me purposeful um, and to know it's not just about me. I think when you realize it's not just about you, I think it alleviates a lot of the challenges. I mean, you you come across as really positive, George, both in how you speak and kind of how you talk about kind of what you do. Do you feel positive all the time? All the time, because it's a new day. It's a new it's a new opportunity to actually make something happen that didn't exist before. An opportunity to change one more person's life. I think if one person listens to this, um, I didn't have anyone that I could listen to a podcast and can tell me, um, you know, keep going uh, or apply for this scholarship and have something to focus on, have a target. I didn't have that. So I'm so optimistic about the future, knowing that there's still so many challenges, uh, but I know I'm I'm in the rooms where I can make some change. So yeah, I just have to be positive and get a group of positive people around me that can do the same thing. And do you find it easy to ask for help and show your vulnerability or do you do you keep that side of yourself hidden? That has been key, I, I think, to get to where I am now in terms of being teachable. Um, I, I kind of, you know, say the importance of being a sponge. Um, and one thing that has helped me um, is my kind of faith, has just guided me to have a teachable spirit, right? Um but yeah, to do this, you have to clothe yourself with humility. Um, so I'm always asking for help because I I know I don't know everything. Um, I think I know probably not even 1% of all there is to know, you know? Um, so I'm always learning. Um, and that's, I guess, what they call the growth mindset. We call it the motives mindset. So I'm always curious and trying to, to learn, never figuring it out and yeah, it's always a challenge. And I like I like that, if I'm being honest. It's yeah. it's tough. It's a it's a struggle. I think there's there's doubts. Um it, it's just still doing it despite the doubts. There's there's been a lot of discussion actually on the podcast this series, particularly from males who've come on who've spoken about actually as a male, it is more difficult to show those vulnerabilities because there are stereotypes yeah. and perceptions that actually, you know, nothing affects males and you've got to have this certain kind of, you know, way about you. So to some mm-hmm. of our listeners, and particularly our male listeners who may be struggling or may be suffering in silence, what advice would you give to them about the importance of showing their vulnerabilities and seeking support? Being vulnerable and seeking support, I think, was one of the best decisions I ever made up until 2014 I would say my empathy for I was a super competitive and wanted to win at all costs uh, which was good in terms of getting some things done um, but it meant that as a leader I couldn't I couldn't really go that far and in terms of working with people I couldn't it was only good for me um, but for for not much people around me um, and it, it was it wasn't until I think I got vulnerable and I started asking for advice that I started to make the most progress and what I did I did a psychometric test um, so this is you know you might have you know tests like Myers-Briggs um, or the 16 personality test which you can do for free I did one that cost called the Luminous Spark when I joined Amos Bursary and I saw that 
that side of me in terms of being vulnerable and you know being empathetic was very low so i decided to work on that and i guess i've been working on that for the last seven years um i worked on that through you know having a partner at the time in a relationship trying to be more empathetic there with the team that you know we also started in 2015 trying to see how i can be more empathetic there when people are going through things um and that has really allowed me to build trust with the people that I work with because they know that when I don't know something, I ask for help. Um, and when they're going through something that they can lean on me for support. So therefore, when we're working together, they want to really go a little bit harder and put in a little bit more work because they know I care. Um, and I think only by being vulnerable um, and kind of asking questions and so forth is how people can know you actually care about them and not just the things that they do. Um, and I think being vulnerable has allowed me to, yeah, essentially have so much of what I have now. It's not easy, um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely been on that journey for quite some time now. I, I remember starting therapy in 2019, probably one of the best decisions I made again, uh, because yeah, sometimes you just need a space to get some things off your mind. I think I started off very stiff and probably closed. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, finding the right person to help you unlock that is, is great. And sometimes you can get that through a therapist. Sometimes you can get it through really great friends. But my most practical advice, especially if they're around this age and they can't pay for, you know, therapy in any way, um, for like private anyway, um, I would say being around people that are more empathetic, that you realize have that as maybe their superpower, hang around those people um, because hopefully it will rub off on you too. That, and that's exactly what I did. Great advice, uh, George. And to our listeners, you know, do seek out the free support available through your educational institutions who are there to um, support you through um, tough times. Um, so in the bio, George, we heard that you are a social entrepreneur. Tell us what that yeah. is and what you do. Sure. So for me, I kind of see a social entrepreneur as someone, you know, so many people describe it in different ways. Um, a lot of times people say people over profits is kind of the way. It's not to say that you don't want a profit in any way, but you believe if you focus on service to begin with, then everything else would will come. Um, so that is kind of what my whole mission has been about, um, serving people as much as I can. And I think that has come also from my faith again, um, and just understanding that, hey, this is all about service. So I believe in servant leadership. And I think just through serving more people over time is, um, and being resourceful, kind of led to uh, the entrepreneurship side and, and doing it as a social entrepreneur, which led me to set up Motives in 2015 with my co-founder, Louise Almarouf, um, where we help young people across the UK to better access careers in, in STEM and beyond. And in addition to doing that, you are also an engineer with a certain Sir Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. So what, what does that involve? Yeah, sure. So I'm a performance engineer on the X44 team, and we're taking part in a championship called Extreme E. So essentially what that means is we're racing electric SUVs or 4x4s around five different countries in the world. 
And I believe the first one is Saudi Arabia. The next one, which I'll be at in around two weeks, is in Senegal. And then we've got a race in Greenland, which will be pretty cold. Um, I believe we have one in Mexico and one in Brazil. And, and we'll see how that all goes on, in, in, depending upon the COVID situation mm. in those countries. Um, but yeah, so we travel to those five countries to raise awareness of climate change. We have one male driver, one female driver. Um, so we're pushing for gender diversity as well across motorsport. Um, and I'm the youngest engineer on the teams, on any of the teams. Um, and definitely the only uh, black kind of person in the paddock on the teams. Um, but it feels it feels great to be um, in that space doing what I've always dreamed of doing as a kid, which is just racing and building, building things. Mm. And and if that wasn't keeping you busy enough, you're also a board member at the Hamilton Commission to help improve diversity in STEM and motorsport. Yeah, and I would say that's because for me, I've always wanted to work on three levels. I wanted to work at the grassroots level um, where I'm actually doing the work and not just, you know, speaking. And that's what I, I do, I guess, through motives. I wanted to work at the, I guess, employer level um, where we're essentially helping people to get jobs. So we're not just upskilling the young people, we're helping them get jobs, which we also do through motives. Um, but and then the third level was at the governance place where I'm, I'm advocating for more young people for the systemic issues that we have. Um, you know, over your minority, there's so many challenges um, that are yeah, systematic that need to be addressed. And being on the Hamilton Commission allows me to at least have a say and speak for the young people. Um, and that's that's essentially what I'm trying to do. We've got our next board meeting tomorrow, in fact. Um, and yeah, that should be interesting to see how it's all shaping up. I mean, given you're doing some amazing, amazing things, George, and, you know, you should be so proud. And I hope that doesn't sound patronising. Um, what would you say to kind of if you could go back in time and speak to 12 year old George and knowing now what you know and all the things that you were going to be kind of involved in? What would you say to him? I think what I'd say to 12 year old George is is probably to serve as much as you can. I'm being so honest because it's through service that I've been able to get most of the opportunities that I've got. A lot of people just want to um, focus on themselves until they make it, you know? Um, they say, oh, until I, you know, when I get my job at this place or when I start working here, then I'll love to give back. Don't wait until you're anywhere to give back. Give back now. Um, and at that stage, that was me fixing bikes. That is what has led to every single opportunity now because I was serving as a 12-year-old, as a fixing bikes, just serving my community in that way um, has kind of provided so much opportunities now. And that is my story. Um, so I would say first serving um, and, and developing that growth mindset. Um, so being able to, I guess, yeah, understand that nothing is final, if you throw out something today, it doesn't mean you're a failure. You can keep going. Because I think a lot of people just experience something. They get, a, you know, a C or a four or so in their GCSEs or, and they think it's over. They think it's final. It's never final. Um, I look at my brother's story. I, I see the turnaround that he's made within a decade. 
his birthday was just around three, four days ago. Um, and that's when he was actually in prison. That was 10 years ago. Because they got him on his 18th birthday and he's mm -hmm. 28. And I look at the transition that we've made over that time together and I, I could never write it. So there's a quote, I think, by who was it, Bill Gates. People underestimate, um, overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And that was literally that. We just could never imagine being at this place now. And I didn't build a castle in my head of all of this stuff being done. I just decided to serve, do the work, figure out a way to scale it. Um, and it has you know, become what it is now. Um, so I would say serve and then, yeah, develop that growth mindset so that you can continue to overcome the barriers, um, especially if you're coming from a challenging background, because there's going to be so many barriers you're going to need to overcome. Um, but most importantly, know that you're worth it and you deserve to be in all of these rooms. Um, yeah, is the key thing. And what's really lovely, George, is actually, despite the setbacks, despite seeing what happened to your brother, you actually followed your passion for bikes and kind of, yeah. you know, that's kind of the thread, isn't it? That's kind of continued through to kind of where you find yourself now. Exactly. Like, even if you look at motives, there's a reason why we're doing STEM, mm. right? And it's, it all comes from that. So that is that is the single thread, the bikes and 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 yeah, just building things. Um, that's why you know it's what led to us trying to build the motives app, and it's everything is combined. Um, it's yeah, everything is combined. That's why I say start as early as possible um, serving because it doesn't it doesn't cost you anything. Mm. And yeah. if any of our listeners want to find out more about motives, George, where can they access that information? Sure. So the best way to, you know, hear more about Motive is actually through our Instagram, which is Motive, so M-O-T-I-V-E-Z underscore UK. Um, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, um, and also on LinkedIn as well. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. And we will uh, tag Motive on the uh, LinkedIn post when the episode goes live for anyone who wants to follow. Um, so I'm mindful that we're coming to the end of our time together, George. I've got one final question that I always ask our guests on this episode. Back to the same question that I asked you at the start. This episode is focused on role models. How do you feel now being a role model for honestness? It's a massive privilege, you know. I... I didn't, I didn't see this um, shaping up in the way that it did. Um, I'm always surprised. Yeah, and just so grateful that everything has come to be how it is. There's so much favor, serendipity within this whole thing. Um, so yeah, if I can inspire one person to go and live out their dreams, um, their passion, their purpose, uh, yeah, I would, have, I would have done my part. Well, you definitely have, George. I mean, I feel inspired already uh, just having to sp spoken to you for a short amount of time. And I know that many of our listeners would have really related to kind of what you've said. And I'm sure they'll be inspired as well. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, George. I know you're really, really busy, uh, but I really appreciate you kind of speaking to me. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Do join us again on the student sessions. Thanks for listening to Student Sessions brought to you by Greyhair Media and hosted by Tonya Galati. Never miss an episode by subscribing. And if you like what you've heard today, why not leave a review and please tell your friends. 
We'll see you at the next session.